0: Hey guys, it's Ashes, and welcome back to episode two of Simply Put. If you haven't checked out my blog page yet, head on over to IamSimplyAshes.com and check it out. I post every Friday, and since yesterday was Friday, I gave a brief overview of Juneteenth, why it's important to the Black community in the United States, and I left a link to donate to the NAACP Empowerment Program which engages primarily in training, education, and advocacy at the national and local levels. Gifts will help continue work toward their mission of ensuring the political, educational, social, and economic equality of rights of all persons and to eliminate racial hatred and racial discrimination. But I do wanna say that class was by far the most difficult classes I've ever had to sit through. The work wasn't difficult, multiple choice questions weren't hard, fill in the blank tests weren't hard, Like none of it was hard. It was just really, really emotionally taxing and difficult to sit with. Like I sat through classes where people were casually talking about the pros and cons of slavery, um, and I was usually the only person who was asked to side with the African Americans, um, and then everybody else was against me. So it was me against them, the white people talking to the lone black kid in school about why they should be a slave and why slavery is good and why it's a great monetary and economic decision. And it got to the point where I'd sit there and I would cry every single day as we're doing more role playing things and I'm sitting there reciting the parts of the black slaves pleading my case to my masters when nobody else is around and I'm theoretically like allowed to talk or something um while my classmates were reading their parts and pretend arguing about whether or not I'd earned my keep or whether or not it was worth it to sell me to somebody else to get somebody who was younger or who was a man or whatever um like can we just take a second and recognize how fucked up that is and there were some kids who noticed I mean I was I think I was a sophomore in high school so I was 15 um, there were some kids who would notice that I was upset and they'd say something along the lines of like oh it's just a play it's no big deal or it's not like it really happened get over it like the first part was really hard to swallow because it wasn't just a play it was history and it was specifically set up that I was I was a slave I never played any other part and um, And they were always trying to tell me that, you know, my life is so much better working for them or being their wet nurse or or having their children, which is a really, really weird thing to talk to or to talk about as like a very young teenager um, in a group full of people. But the second one, (laughs) the second one was just fucking annoying because it did happen. And we were sitting in U.S. history class for fuck's sake. And they're sitting here saying, it's not like it really happened. It's not like this really happened. Get over it. Stop being upset. Your feelings aren't valid. Whatever. Do you see the title of the book? But I do remember the day that things changed for me in that class. I had finally had enough. And... As a kid who has an awful lot of anxiety about saying something wrong or skipping over words or whatever as far as reading out loud I never had any problems but I never had any problems because anxiety um so we were reading um, going down the rows reading paragraph by paragraph and I counted out who um, who was in front of me and who was behind me and and what my paragraph would be so I could practice And then I got to mine that day. And mine would be reading a caption of an illustration. And it was a little boy who was obviously dead um, and it was intended to illustrate a slave that didn't make make the trip across the boat or the trip on the boat um, and had passed away. And he had flies crawling on his body and the caption spoke about how the buyers were pissed because he died and they lost money. They were mad at the captain because the captain didn't take care of him and he died on the way there and they lost their investment. This little boy illustrated to look not that much younger than me. And grown men being upset that he died and they lost the money they could have sold him for. And then my turn came. Next. I shook my head no. I I wasn't going to. Ashes. No. And when I said no, the whole class stopped and looked at me, and the teacher kind of realized that I wasn't going to do it and looked at the book. And his entire posture changed, and he said, okay, whatever the person behind me's name was, it's your turn, start the next paragraph, and he read the heading for the next section. That day I wrote my teacher a really long letter begging him to excuse me from class. I'd still read. I'd still turn in my homework. I'd still take the tests. I would still do everything and I would pass and get an A or I would fail and be okay with it. But I didn't want to participate in the class anymore. I couldn't. It was really, really hard, and it wasn't worth it to me. And I wrote in the letter, like, I will still do all of this. And if that means the highest that I can get is a C, I'm okay with this. And if that means that you fail me, so be it. And I stood in front of him while he read it. And as the next class started to file in he was just like oh no like shut the door wait outside I'll be there in a second I gotta take care of this and he took a second to gather himself and to kind of decide what he was gonna say and he told me that he understood where he was coming from and that he was sorry that it was like this but he still wants me to sit in on the discussions he promised he wouldn't call on me anymore. He told me I didn't have to, have to listen to what was going on. I could sit there and read. I could work on other homework. He would never say anything about it. It would be written into sub plans, so that I wouldn't have to participate and any kickback that I got about it, he would take care of. But he still wanted me to sit in the classroom so that I was still there for the discussions. Um, and i said okay some of the kids noticed throughout the next couple weeks and said something to him and called him out on it or said something super shitty to me but he he did a really good job of interjecting himself into those conversations and he would always tell them flat out it's none of their business focus on themselves get back to work whatever and He was a big dude, he was really tall, um, and he had a really, he had the voice of, I'm not gonna put up with anybody's shit, and we'll go toe-to-toe forever, but what I said goes, and you're not convincing me anything else, um, so even though he wasn't physically putting his body in between myself and, um, my classmates, he very vocally interjected himself there, um, and- in turn, focused all of the attention back to the front of the room and off of me. I will always give him credit for that um, because he protected me in a way that I didn't expect and in a way that I don't even think that I realized until I started talking. I wonder if they ever really understood why I was allowed to sit there. Or just kind of accepted okay like she's not doing this that's whatever but then I kind of sit and think about it and realize that I was never really black enough to count for them in that particular instance so I don't really think they understood the amount of mental harm that that costed to me yes it's history and it's relevant to American history classes but how fucking shitty is it that we learn about those, and black children are forced to sit through some of the most painful parts of, of the United States of America, black history, but there's no equivalent for non-people of color in schools in the United States, as if there's nothing that they have done that can't be spun in some sort of positive way so that they can sit there and be comfort- be uncomfortable too. Like, even the most disgusting things have a positive spin and no one cares. We never learned about Seneca Village existing, let alone that it was bulldozed and is now underneath Central Park. We never learned about Black Wall Street existing, let alone being burned down by white people who also went and killed all of the men and raped and then killed the women and the children. We never learned about Claudette Colvin coming before Rosa Parks, but being considered too black for the movement to go forward. So they cherry picked somebody else to do that work because she'd be more accepted. We never learned about Cointel Pro in relation to anything at all, let alone in relation to the Black Panther movement or MLK or the Nation of Islam or anything else. But that information matters. And it's just as important to the fight for racial equality as we don't own slaves anymore. And less they're in prison, which is a topic for another day because I promise you I will never shut the hell up if I talk about that right now. But we never even talked about Kwanzaa, other than the fact that it was in December and it went along with, um, with Passover and all those other things. But... I can't even count the amount of my Facebook friends that just thought Juneteenth was a random day in June that was no more important than like Donut Day or Fuzzy Sock Day or Striped Sock or like, you get my point. So how can, how can we sit through that and just be expected to say, oh, it's history, but you're never ever told positive things you're never taught about celebrations you're never you're never learning about that culture that is also american culture it's just completely whitewashed so when i went off to college i was suddenly around more people of color more women of color especially and started having those conversations or listening to those conversations and being a part of it kind of from the outside cuz i wasn't really I wasn't really sure what my place was. These were things that I didn't know how to talk about and I didn't have any information to add, but I still wanted to learn. But I learned that so many of my peers felt the same way and were only given insight into those topics during classes or or groups or whatever because their teacher was black or um, their teacher knew somebody who was black or loved somebody who who was black and wanted to teach about those things for respect for the black people in their lives or they knew or they learned from somebody who was black so it's constantly like oh you're you're passing this this information verbally passing it verbally passing it verbally but it's never in the textbook and maybe it is and we just don't cover that in our curriculum but it it seems like it's just not there if everybody has the same has the same basic knowledge, and then the people who have more than that are told, well, I had a black teacher, or my teacher was married to somebody black, or loved somebody black, or whatever. So you only get to learn it if the black person in somebody who's teaching its life cares about it. But there's all this information online. Well, there is, but you don't get tested on the stuff that you read in online. I don't research things that I'm not interested in online, and I can't imagine that I would be researching things that I didn't know existed online or looking for books on topics I didn't know were things in the library. So there's only so much you can learn on your own if you don't know that what you're looking for exists. So let's get back to the Confederate statues that have been removed or are in the process of being removed or that people are wanting to be removed. I want you to think about why non-people of color are losing their fucking minds about statues and talking about losing history because you need statues of slave owners or terrible people or whatever to understand that history happened. It's, it's in the books. It's in the books. It made it to the books. You know that it happens outside of, of there being statues about it. Why do the statues have to stand? Why are you, why are you saying, okay, this person is so important to our history that it, their contribution needs to be remembered forever with a statue and a plaque in honor of who they are or what they did weird right you don't you don't see germany with pictures or statues of hitler do you no you don't because they're ashamed of that and they don't allow that to prosper and they don't allow that ideology to continue but we all still know that Hitler existed. We know that the Holocaust was a thing. We know that lives were lost. We have an an entire museum dedicated to the Holocaust in the United States. But we don't have statues of Hitler. We also don't have, you know, any sort of understanding that what it says in the history books of you need to be aware of what happened in history so that it doesn't happen again. There's no concept of then understanding the similarities and watching how easily something like that can happen again when you refuse to denounce the act, when you refuse to go to that place, when you refuse to gas your citizens because we don't have that. But after saying all of that, and specifically pointing at times when people of color have prospered in the United States, and what has happened to that wealth and that prosperity tell me again how non-people of color in the united states should just pull themselves up from the bootstraps of systemic racism and targeted poverty as if we haven't already tried that redlining in real estate and loan programs stopped us having buildings burned in areas they don't belong stopped us seeing nooses show up in communities after we moved in have stopped us Seeing men of color hanging from trees in communities and being told that they hung themselves rather than that they were lynched has stopped us. And while we're here, let me tell you that no matter what happens, I will never kill myself, hang myself, shoot myself, or do anything else to off myself. And please, if anything were to ever happen to me, do not believe that. No black person in the United States of America lynches themselves. They just don't.